Welcome back to the Crash the Pond podcast. Our second episode, I believe, Jake, the month of August. The, um, off, the off season. We're officially, we are officially in the dog days of summer. The Ducks have done absolutely nothing. Well, they've done some things. We'll talk about them. Don't worry. But nothing of significance, nothing that people were hoping for. And the NHL news cycle has really just slowed to a halt. And now we're just, we're five weeks away from training camp, basically. So yeah. it feels like the, the, we're, we're really almost there, but there's still kind of this empty expanse to get through. Before yeah, this the is, puck drops. you are correct. This is our second episode of August. Our first episode, though, was two weeks ago. We've only missed one week, technically. Feels yeah. like it's been much more, though, but yes. only missed one week. And just so everyone knows, we will have three weeks off after this. You know, get, getting our rest in, getting our rest in, getting our reps in now. And then it's training gonna, camp will be coming coming up yeah. quick. It's gonna it's gonna pick back up once training camp arrives. Yeah, and, and like I don't even know actually what the status is for the Ducks development camp. We haven't really gotten a ton of updates on that. No, didn't the Sharks I feel like have, are having their development that's camp what it this was. week? So and that's then there's gonna well I, there's gonna be the prospect tournament in Arizona in September, which okay. I'm hoping to go to. But the point is, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of stuff, and we're getting there. But for now. We're going to talk about some RFA contracts, and yep. you know, you know what, Jake? I think there's enough there to get us through this, to get us through a Wait, decent chunk of this show. Real quick, are you surprised that Jack Eichel has been moved yet? Because I, think, I, I think it. I honestly, I can't remember. The past couple weeks have gone by very quickly, but I can't really remember if the tweet from his agents came out prior to our last show or not. But that relationship is definitely soured, and I will—I'm really, honestly shocked that he's still on that team. Yes and no. I think that it's a problem of everybody else knows that he wants out, and if you're another, sure. and if you're another team, and you can just point to the fact that he needs this—he wants this neck surgery—and you basically are holding the the Sabers for ransom because why would you have to flinch? when you know that that situation is completely toxic. So I am a little surprised just because it felt like it was imminent, right? As the season was ending and as we were going into the draft, but I'm not really surprised anymore. Just if you think about the reality of the situation over there and just the leverage that the Sabres don't really have that, that they're trying desperately to hold on to with Kevin Adams coming out and saying that, well, Jack Eichel is, is, a, is a member of this team or something like that. It's like no, he's he's gone. If yeah. when the se- he's not playing once the season starts, I would be shocked if that happened. Like, you know, there's been people saying, well, maybe he's going to have to play to prove to the other teams that he's healthy. Well, it's like okay, do we still know what's going to happen with the neck? We we actually don't know that yet, no. and time's running out for the season. So this whole well, thing is just a, a shit show. Because basically, I think what it is is like it's a six week recovery. I think is what they said for the if he got the disc replacement or something along those yeah. lines. And so, I mean, we're getting closer and closer. Where six weeks is going to eat into the season. He needs so. to get it now. Yeah, like in the next week. Well, and if they go the other route of the fusion, that I think is an even longer recovery process. And so, it's like at this point, what are you doing? Because I remember the saber. I think the saber said he needed surgery. It's just they're not letting him get the one he want. And so all parties are in agreement that he needs surgery. So we've talked enough about Eichel, but real quick. Well, it, is, I, it is tangentially related to the it Ducks is, because it, we have talked about Eichel a lot on the show. So I it, think it's, 
So agreed. Check in, but I mean, I would say right now, since we're on the topic, just to put a bow on it, I don't think the Ducks will end up getting Eichel. Ooh, I think they do. I think they're going to have to trade Drysdale to make that happen. I think they end up getting him. Really? I'm, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I have no clue. I just want to be optimistic here and you know throw Vegas good vibes out there. I think Vegas or Rangers. I don't think. I don't think the Rangers. I don't think Buffalo will trade him in division to a rival. Yeah. I well, I just don't see that happening, and I don't see how Vegas gets cap, the cap space for. Well, it. yeah, th- th- that's the hang up for Vegas. But they have the they have the future capital. They ha- like you know everyone says Peyton Krebs is the best prospect right now that's available to. Buffalo. which is weird yeah the the this kind of undying faith in peyton krebs i don't totally understand it but hey that's what the market is saying so yeah i'm, I'm not gonna doubt the, the the truth of that it's just it's just odd that that is that has to be the best offer because i think and i was saying this to uh one of the sabers writers on on twitter i was saying well why do we assume that Peyton Krebs being involved in the package just makes it kind of like the the winner out of all the p- possible offers. I think if the Ducks maybe added in a Jacob Perot, did something like that, that I think that that makes their offer you know easily competitive. But people don't really see it that way because Peyton Krebs has the hashtag name brand value. Yeah. So real real quick before we jump into the contracts, I want to give a shout out to Hey Odifo who resubbed for two months in a row. Science Cat 108, our good friend Jess on our beer league team, uh, resubbed for eleven months in a row and said she's most sad about uh, Mark Andre Fleury to the uh, Blackhawks, and it looks like he's actually going to play there now. Oh shocker! Oh, I'm so surprised that he's that he's going to play after having one of the best seasons of his career. The Blackhawks are definitely going to be bad though next year. Like I I really think there's no way they're going to be good, right? So they might they might be mediocre. Like they have enough guys to where maybe they'll be just kind of okay. Now but I have I, to like look up the divisions because I don't even remember well, at this the point. Central, what the... Which is going to be really tough for them. Yeah, that that's but, I think the thing. But they have one of the best goalies in the NHL. And they have some forward talent. And maybe they can make things happen on the power play. I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not putting any money on them. But I think that. They could be an interesting team. I would, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were absolutely terrible either. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I, I, just, I think they're going to be a, one of the worst teams in that division, besides would, like I Arizona. Would, I would love for them. I'm rooting for them to be terrible because a, I actually find the Mark Andre Fleury thing really annoying. I think that him casting himself as the victim in that Vegas situation is a total farce. Um, you don't have a no move clause. You, you know, you, saying that you don't want to be traded. Yeah, no one in the NHL wants to be traded except someone like Jack Eichel, who just legitimately wants out. So, and then you know the whole oh well, he found out on Twitter. You know how many guys find out from? Yeah, I think that's Twitter? way overblown. So, and then oh well, I'm gonna have to think about it. And the retirement threat to suppress the offers to basically screw over Vegas. It's just total mockery that he made of himself there. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. You, um, you, oh, yeah. legit, I don't like, like, I think flurry people forget how bad he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You legitimately hate him. No, I don't hate, I like, I respect his career. I think that he's actually turned himself into a better goalie. Agreed. People forget how own. bad he was in Pittsburgh. I think. Oh yeah. I think he was way overrated in Pittsburgh and then actually kind of turned into like absolutely turning around in Vegas. I just hate the, this perception that he's just this infallible good guy and that, 
it's just it's always been Vegas screwing him over time and time again. And it's like, no, not really. Not really. Or at least we don't know at a bare minimum. Yeah. But what I was going to say is the reason that I want them to be awful is because they have all these players who I think the hockey world still views as, oh, these are name brand guys who must be good, like Seth Jones, for example. Oh, it's yeah. Like, them being terrible will be a nice little kind of referendum on that. So, anyway. There you go. There's your Blackhawks talk to go with your Sabres talk. Yeah. You know, just all over the I'm gonna place. Blame, I'm going to blame Jess because she brought yeah, it up. That one's on Jess. That one's on Jess. And I'm going to so, blame you and Jess because you brought up what she said. So I'm simply wow. reacting here. <laughs> wow. Just throwing me under the bus. So let's just jump right into it. Let's, uh, the Ducks, I mean, at this point in time, barring any trades, the roster is set. The Ducks are running it back with the same exact roster as they basically started with last season, minus. Danton Heinen, minus David Backus, minus Yanni Hockenpah. So they're worse, I, is what you're saying. Am I forgetting anyone? Oh, minus Ryan Miller. So what you're saying is they're going to be worse. Potentially. David Backus is, was their best fourth liner. Uh, Danton Heinen was good when he played. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, yeah. The, you know, just play the song, The Boys Are Back, just over and over, because they're rolling it back. The same team, just about, and I don't really know. What, yeah, what did, I mean, what did what did Bob Murray say to Eric Stevens last week? Which I called legalese BS on Twitter. He said that we're going to continue to focus on the long term development of our young players. It's like, yeah, oh, no I miss this quote. What, yeah, no shit. What were what were you doing before? You were just ignoring that. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, and what, didn't he have a quote about he's like we're going to be quiet on free agency day. We're gonna if okay, we're gonna. I'll, I'll read you the quote. I'll, if let, let, if we're gonna improve. But basically, here's my view of this team right now. Okay. And the view of Bob Murray. It's the, I guess it's an Albert Einstein quote. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That is Bob Murray right now with this roster. Yeah. Of legitimately running it back with the same roster, expecting, well, yes, the kids are going to improve. Yes, Trevor Zegers is going to make more of an impact. Yes, we saw some improvements at the end. But in that same breath, Cam Fowler's another year older. Josh Manson's another year older. Hampus Lindholm's another yeah. year older. Y'all have, and, and, y'all have more injuries. And, and people may say, well, they none of them were healthy last year. Well, none of them have really ever been healthy at the same time. And maybe that's a sign of something. Instead maybe, of, that, maybe that's just reality. Yeah, like uh, there's always going to be injuries. And so it's like to, to bank on the fact that these guys will all be healthy at the same time and that's all of a sudden going to make this team go from being a 65 to 70 point team to a 95 point team, that's unrealistic. Well, also, even when they've all been healthy, Josh Manson has been bad in recent years. So, you know, yeah. just, just because they're all in the lineup doesn't mean that they're going to be good. I kind of sidetracked us. Let's jump into the contracts first. Okay, hold on. I do want to get into this quote because it's okay. funny. I just kind of want to touch on it. So, Eric Stevens wrote an article at The Athletic talking about the Ducks in action. And I actually thought it was a, a good article because it's like, what the heck? What are you like? What product? are you selling to your fans? What message are you sending by doing absolutely nothing? And so he, this is just the full thing. The first part is just from Eric Stevens. When asked by the athletic, how much reshaping of the roster he'd like to get done before training camp opens next month and what areas he was trying to target either through trade or free agency, Murray responded with a general overview of his vision. So basically how much do you want to get done? What are you trying to do? And this is the response. Our plan is to continue our focus on the development of our young players while also exploring strategic hockey deals that add to our current group. 
The goal is to build a consistent playoff team that can compete for the Stanley Cup over an extended time. We will look at any and all opportunities that are consistent with these objectives and help us achieve our goal. You know how much that said to me, Jake? Zero. That that said absolutely nothing. That was that was just word salad. Say that Salem could have meowed better than that. I mean, it's like I just love the first line. We're going to continue to focus on the development of our young players. Like, what does that mean? Focus on hockey trades. What hockey trades? And then exploring strategic hockey deals that add to our current group. Add. I mean, I'm not assuming. I don't know for sure if that means that they're trying to build on the current roster, but that doesn't sound like rebuilding to me. That sounds like we're trying to build what we have up now. So. Yeah, that was frightening. That was a frightening quote, but it probably means absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lip service from Bob Murray for better and for worse. (laughs) It's infuriating, but yeah. I just thought it was hilarious to read it because it's just like he could have just said nothing there and it would have been fine. Okay, Uh, let's talk about contracts. Yeah. So the the four, should we call them five high-profile Ducks restricted free agents? I think four. I think we both like Mahura, but I would say he's less high profile. Yeah. So and even at, even at high profile, there's probably only one of these that would maybe be considered somewhat high profile. Yeah. So I think, uh, did Mahura accept his qualifying offer? No, Mahura got a new deal. Okay. So let's start with the two guys who did accept their qualifying offers, which was Sam Steele and Isaac Lindstrom. So I think that for both of these guys, it's an interesting... Uh, dichotomy because for Sam Steele he accepts that that qualifying offer gets one year 874k and I feel like for him it's kind of an aggressive play like I think he's well to to lay it out there I think for everyone an important thing to to note here first off a qualifying offer just there are people out there that might not know qualifying Mm -hmm. offer is a preset number that teams have to give the the player and in order for them to stay a restricted free agent, as we saw with Danton High and the Ducks did not extend him a qualifying offer, making him go from a restricted free agent to an unrestricted free agent. The player has the right to refuse that uh, qualifying offer and then continue to negotiate. The qualifying offer is a preset number of or is one year at a preset number or preset cap hit. And so like Sam Steele and Isaac Lundstrom, the players can accept that deal. The benefit to that is it's always a one-year deal, so the players then have the ability to add to that next offseason if they improve. The downside to it is obviously it could uh, backfire in their face. And so a lot of times with these RFA deals, what you'll see is it's kind of the opposite of what you see with um, with guys as UFAs. Sometimes guys at UFAs will get more money for shorter term and maybe take a little bit less money for longer-term contracts. It's actually the exact opposite with RFAs. A lot of times, guys will take the shorter-term deal, and they'll get less money as a result. And Or if they go longer-term, they end up getting more money. And it's basically because with longer-term deals for these guys in their early 20s, the teams are getting uh, basically cap assurances. They're, they know where the player will be at, whereas with the shorter-term deal, the player benefits a bit more, so they don't get as much money. Yeah. Yeah, so I think for Sam Steele, we can start with him to accept the, the qualifying offer and mm-hmm. to just go one year. He's he's betting on himself, and I don't know what like he's twenty three. We've talked about like, him a bunch in the podcast. The what, do you, what do you make the, of that? The interesting thing with Sam Steele is he was actually one that I expected for us to look at and basically be like, that's a bad deal, but it makes sense why he got as much as he did this offseason. So I actually expected him 
to be around the same as what Comtois would have gotten. Because at the end of the day, he's played 129, like he's had 129 games, 45 points in those 129 games. I think that's more than when what Troy Terry was at last offseason when he was a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think the number of games plays they had, the number of points that he had at that point in time in comparison, I think I was just mainly looking at Troy Terry at, at that point in time because Terry had played, I think, yeah, Terry right now is at the same number of games as Sam Steele is and has 48 points. Sam Steele, on the other hand, has 45 points. And so they're pretty similar. And Troy Terry last offseason got 1.45 for three years. Yeah. And so I expected Sam Steele to having played that many amount or that number of games, getting that number of points to probably be in the one and at 1.7 mil over three years, two so, mil range. Yeah. Evolving hockey projected his contract for two years times 2.036. Yeah. So, and, and so which is in line with what you're saying. Yeah. And so I wonder if maybe the ducks were playing hardball with him and basically he said, screw it. I'm just going to take this shorter deal and renegotiate next year and really bet on himself with it. That's what it seems like to me. I think he's like, you know, Sure, I could take that two year. You know, I could go for that two years, two mil. But well, maybe... do you think they were even offering him that? I don't think so. Well, we've heard a lot about how the Ducks have an internal budget and they have this, you know, this cap structure that they have to abide by, and they still spend to the cap a lot of the times. But yeah, maybe it's just one of those things where they weren't willing to offer him that contract. And to be honest with you, from a team perspective, I think that's the correct call because yeah. Investing two more years into Sam Steele at two million a year is not a good contract. He, you know, he's still a youngish player, but he hasn't shown a ton of improvement. I think there's still a tiny bit of potential there, but you're kind of locked into what's been for the most part a fourth liner. Fourth, I mean, third he's liner. he's entering his scoring prime. Like yeah, twenty four years old is when you start entering your scoring prime, and I mean, yeah. it, it, here's the thing for him. If he's gonna make a jump, this is the year he has to make it. And if he, he does, he's make it this year. and and if he does, he's gonna get paid ham- handsomely for it. Mm-hmm. And, and you, so, do you that's, think it will happen? Uh, I would not bet on it personally. No, um, I don't it, think it's gonna it, happen. Yeah, and so I believe no, he does not have arb rights after this year either. Because I was wondering if that would play a part. But yeah. no. Yeah. So it's it's kind of tough because you know Sam Steele. He's the former first round pick. He's the one that was one of the original kind of high profile Ducks prospects in this rebuild. But as time has passed, he's been passed over by many guys in the in the pecking mm-hmm. order. And now it just feels like this is his last stand. And I mean, you know, just for, for him personally, I hope it goes great. And I hope that he gets his points and goes and gets his money after. But it just seems like especially with the way the roster is going to look and how many centers they have and how many guys you can already really pencil into the power play. I don't really know where he's going to get that scoring opportunity. He's really going to have to go out there and, and get it for himself. And that's yeah. going to be, that's gonna be a, a, a pressure pack season for him. 100%. And so I agree completely with you. I, I think it's a bold move. It's do, one do, that do I you think that if he would have taken that kind of contract, the two by two, if it had been offered, I think he would have because I I think that well it's more money than he would have ever made and yeah. it's two years and it, yeah it, it I just don't even, I don't even think the Ducks were offering him two times two I think they were offering him maybe two times one point two five one and a half yeah because I mean I think the end of, at the end of the day he was being healthy scratched near the end of the season which I think plays a part in this yeah yeah and he wasn't good yeah he just, he just wasn't nope so so uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Lundestrom? Yep. So Lundestrom did the same exact thing. And this is one where I think it's a much smarter bet by him because he's younger. He's 21 years old. I don't think that he's necessarily a guy that's going to pop offensively and get paid significantly next summer. But I think he's a guy that has a little bit more room to grow and could potentially fill a bigger role and maybe get himself into the two to $3 million range potentially next summer, Um, get a two year deal off of that. And so, I mean, overall it's a bet on himself. I mean, here's the interesting thing though, is the ducks had a lot of cap space. And so this means they were still potentially pinching these guys a little bit, which it is what it is. I guess. I mean, when you're the team in these scenarios, you hold the hammer. That's true. And, That's and a good who, point. Fair. Like, you might as well. It's it's a cutthroat. No, world. true, true. And especially mm-hmm. you don't want to end up with too much term. So uh, overall, I I think it's the same exact conversation that we had just had with Sam Steele, except two years younger and potentially more room to grow. I don't think it's necessarily going to pay dividends um, for him, but I think he could find himself getting paid more next summer than he would have this summer. And I also think maybe part of it is from Sam Steele and Isaac Lundstrom, and this is not something we've really talked about too much, but the market's constantly changing. Yeah. And with where the money's at, with where things are at with the league, because I feel like I saw something. Is the cap going up a mil? I, I haven't seen that. I could have sworn I saw it. May, don't like, don't quote me on that. I could be dead wrong um, on that. But I could have sworn I saw it going up maybe to 82 or 82 and a half mil. But, I mean, basically, we've known that the cap most likely was going to be flat for years. So if there is potentially some change in that coming, that could basically change where contracts are at by next summer. And we mm-hmm. even saw this summer compared to last offseason. And so it, it's changing as you're, uh, we're starting to gradually get out of the pandemic. And so I think it's partially maybe that of betting on kind of where the market will be next summer. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird bet, though, for Lundestrom, just because a lot of his offensive value last season was kind of shooting luck driven. It wasn't really that he became this this like true play driver offensively. And so I do wonder a little bit what that's going to look like next year. But regardless, he did become a useful like like a like a serviceable defensive defensive center. And I think that if he continues to just stay in the lineup and the the Ducks coaching staff see, seems to like him, they they continue to give him opportunities. So he could still go out and get those points, even if his shooting regresses, which, I mean, it it undoubtedly will. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that because he's so young, even regardless of everything I just said, he's just at that age where he's, you know, in theory going to get better every season. And he and there's that upswing in the early 20s. So, yeah, I think it's, okay. I, I think these two contracts are good for the Ducks because I don't think that these are either ne- – neither of these guys are players that you really want to start investing in until they've shown you – something that that's going to be repeatable that that you they can really bank on moving forward even if it's a two-year deal db lowry 3507 saying nah lundestrom's going to score 50 and 50 now calling it (laughs) yeah sure uh but yeah uh i i agree with you and i can't actually find anywhere that's saying that the the increase in salary i could have made i think it was like something from the score app that randomly popped up on my phone i was like oh that's interesting so who knows who knows Okay, but, let's uh, let's just get through Max Jones. Okay, want to do Max Jones? Let's, let's go for it. So three years, one point two nine five million a year. Uh, doesn't uh, I don't think this was his qualifying offer. No, it wasn't because it's yeah. three years. Qualifying offers are one. He year. just kind of took. He just kind of took a contract that was going to give him stability. It seems and security, 
the AV, I, I think, honestly, even though it's kind of a boring outcome for himself, because he maybe could have made more if he had taken a shorter deal and gone back in, I think it's actually probably the prudent decision for him because he's not going to get offensive opportunities. I doubt he's going to have big point scoring seasons, even if he establishes himself as this, you know, good defensive forward or, you know, decent two-way guy, you know, how much is that really going to elevate his leverage next time around? So I think this is kind of a, kind of a smart deal for him just because I think it, it reflects his proper value. Yeah. It's a very similar deal to Troy Terry, Troy Terry, like I said, three years, 1.45 max Jones, three years, 1.295. Now granted, I guess the one thing with Terry that you could say is who knew where the off season was off season was going to go when he Mm -hmm. signed that deal. So I think he was just taking as much term as they would give him. Um, and I think Jones maybe takes that same mentality of he's been kind of in and out of the lineup. I mean, he's played 135 games over his three career seasons. He's He's never played it. And, and, and so I think a big part of it for him is basically wanting that stability with the, the guaranteed money. And so um, basically you have two conflicting viewpoints between him and Sam Steele. And I think having them side by side are, are interesting because I think they're at very similar points in their careers where I don't think either of them are necessarily going to get high profile opportunities on the power play to put up points. Mm-hmm. And they're really now starting to have to find their role in the NHL, which is more so in a bottom six role. And you have Max Jones just basically taking the found money and taking the three year deal and hoping that essentially that will lock him into a place. Whereas Sam Steele, on the other hand, is making a little bit of a riskier play betting on himself. And it could pay pay him a little bit more over those three years. He could get a two or two and a half million dollar contract at the end of it for a couple seasons. And that will end up over those three years paying him more than Max Jones got. But with Jones, I mean, it's essentially the you've never watched Family Guy, have you? I would not expect you to have. But it's essentially the skip in Family Guy of do you want the boat or do you want the mystery box? Sure. And okay. the mystery, that. the mystery box. And they're like, but the mystery box could be a boat. Yeah. But yeah. you have the boat there. So it, it's yeah. that same concept. And I feel like for steel, you know, like, like you were just saying, we don't even know what he was offered. So it's going to be a lot of speculation on our part, but I would assume it would have been a similar deal to, to you this think one. You could have gone the, the, the Jones type deal. Yeah. I, I think he could have gotten the Jones type deal or a Troy Terry type deal. Yeah, I one and a half he, mil for three years. I think he believes that he can go get a better contract. And well, I, you know, I mean, you could make an argument for it from points that he should have gotten more. I mean, Troy Terry at the time of signing had let me quickly do this math: twenty eight points in about uh, seventy eight some odd games. Uh, Sam Steele in one hundred and thirty five points. I guess only twenty eight points. The so same. Uh, never mind. Scratch that. So I think if I was advising Sam Steele... Oh, wait, no, I was on Max Jones, sorry. Sam Steele, uh, regardless, he had like 40-some-odd points in 120 games, I think is what Sam Steele yeah. had. So he had a, a decent amount of points in a small in in that amount of time playing in games. Uh, I mean, if you recall, he played every game for the Ducks in, their lock, in the uh, pandemic-shortened season. And so 45 points in 129 games. So yeah, points matter played- in contract negotiation. Yeah, but I think for him... I think the, the 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 sell for taking that deal, the one year deal, is that he could, if if it doesn't go well, he probably can still get that contract that we were just discussing, the Jones type contract. It's probably yeah. Still gonna I be agree with that. I agree. So like, what's so really, there's not that much downside for him. 
Yep. And, and that's probably, I mean, I just think that it's still not a great bet because I just don't see it happening. But hey, if I'm wrong, great for him. And uh, I'll be in shambles. So there you go. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get to Max Contois. So this was the this was the most high profile one for sure. He was the Ducks' leading scorer, and we, I think we've bet we've we've speculated many times in this podcast what he would get, and we have our answer: two years, two point oh three seven five million dollars. So a lot of money for Max Contois below below the projected cap hit that we saw from Evolving Hockey of two point seven five, and he gets the term that they were projecting, which is two years, and I think it's a. It's a great deal for Max Contois because yeah. the two years is really big for him. Because Agreed. I think that, and you and I were texting about this when it happened, I think that the Ducks probably would have preferred him on three years. Well, I think if you're the Ducks, you would the deal you would have hoped to get him under would have been the Ricard Raquel deal. And mm-hmm. that's a prime example of what I was saying earlier of as an RFA, you can take more term and you'll get more money as a result. And because of something like what happened with Ricard Raquel is the reason for it. Mm-hmm. If Raquel had taken a two year deal as compared to a six year deal, what would have his cap would have uh, his cap had he been, would have been in the five sixes. Easily. I mean, he had, he came off what two straight 30 goal seasons. If he was an RFA, he would have gone maybe six or seven. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and so on the other hand, he took six years though, when he was an RFA his first time and got 3.789 uh, yeah. mil over that time. And so Comtois, on the other hand, though, didn't take the term. He took two years at two mil. And so I think if he takes more term, five, six years, he's at three, three and a half mil, or he's at three and a half to maybe four mil in that range. Um, But because he took two years, he got less money. But like I just kind of gave you the example with Raquel, if he goes off and he has a couple of um, 30 goal seasons. If he just stays what he is and you see those, those numbers in an 82 game sample. Yeah. He's going to get paid. So, yeah, I, I think for, for Contois, it's funny because in the inter- he did like this little interview for the Ducks website with Jones, and he almost said exactly what we're saying right now. He just couldn't go so far as to say like the reason why, but he was like, yeah, two years is smart for me. <laughs> it's like, hmm, you care to elaborate on that, Max? <laughs> but, yeah. of course, he didn't, which is smart because you don't want to tell your employer that uh, – <laughs> you're taking less to go take more money from them later on. But I think for Max Contois, it is a smart bet because he's going to continue to get opportunities. He's going to get better opportunities because he's going to be playing with Trevor Zegras, who's going to continue to get better. They're going to, yeah. he's going to be playing on the power play. Like even that... if his shooting luck that you are just waiting to, to drop back, even if that happens, I is that think... is that a shot at me? Yeah. You, you keep me? saying it's going to happen. Oh, it will. He needs, to, he needs to increase his volume. It's possible he does that. He's young enough that he can make that change. He has it, to increase the volume. It likely will, but but the point is, even if all that happens, I still think he's going to put up enough enough counting stats to get a, a, a good contract. Yeah, and I mean, here's or the do, thing. Or it's, do another bridge deal or it's a As compared to uh, Sam Steele and Max Jones, where they... I mean, granted, Max Jones got three years, so that that's locking him in a little bit. With Sam Steele taking a bet on himself, those guys that are going to be in bottom six roles at best, yeah. like that—that's yeah. where they're at. Whereas Comtois, on the other hand, taking two years, he's hoping that he's going to be playing with Trevor Zegers for two years. Yep, yep, and <laughs> yeah, and like those are both guys that will feed him the puck. Someone on that line has to score, yep. and don't you know it? Max Comtois is a goal scorer. Yep, 
Yep, exactly. So, I mean, it's a great bet by him. I, I think there are people out there that were saying this was a great deal for the Ducks because of the cap hit. I actually, like, yes, obviously the cap hit and everything like that, but the Ducks aren't tied up against the cap right now. So mm-hmm. it's not as if the cap hit being so low really helps them that much. If they would, if it would have been a, a mill more, it wouldn't have made that big of a difference. The I actually don't think love this deal for the Ducks that much for the exact reason that we're talking about it. Two mm-hmm. years is yep. by the fact that they only got two years term means that this could come back in a couple of years and really make it tough. And they're going to have to pay Max Combs. Well, so, I believe so it's that this, summer, that summer he's an RFA. Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegras are going to be RFA. Ding ding ding. And we yep, don't yep. know. We don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, particularly yeah, and Troy Terry also. Yeah, and Josh Mahura again. <laughs> Who knows who's yeah. on the team by then? Um, Lucas Dostal. Anyway, the point is, uh, Trevor Zegers' next contract could could be a bananas one. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jamie Drysdale, I I don't know quite yet what that's going to look like, but Trevor Zegers is going to put up points. He's going to become a star for this team, and it, that contract is going to be pretty intense. And so having to sign Contois that same summer – that does put a little strain on the team. I still think they're probably going to be able to navigate it. But if you're the team and you're planning your books, you probably prefer to have to deal with those headaches in separate summers as opposed to the same one. So, yep. But but the lower AAV does make that summer maybe like if he was locked into a higher contract. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I think overall, like just these four guys that we just discussed, I think just for the Ducks it's still a good situation because they have like roster players that are going to be cheap for next season and they're going to get good value out of Contois and we, we shall see. And like Max Jones, if he just settles in as a third, even a third liner, that's a good value deal. So you want to talk about Josh Mahura a tiny bit? Sure. I mean, with Mahura, it's a two way deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it like it, I don't really know if there's a lot to talk about. I think it's the only. I think the no the the Steel and Lundestrom deals are also two way because they're qualifying offers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that those are two way deals. Yeah, they are. Um, but the I don't believe the Max Jones contract was two way. Nope, mm-hmm. that is one way. And so um, the Josh Maher deal. I mean, I don't really know if there's a whole lot to necessarily write Do you home think about. He's going to play on the Ducks next year. Do you think he's going to carve out a roster spot next season? I believe that he's waiver exempt or not waiver. Sorry, not waiver exempt waiver anymore. Yeah. He's waiver eligible now. So I think yeah. he does. Cause I think he would get claimed. They might lose him on waivers. I mean, it would be nothing new for the ducks to lose a serviceable third pairing defenseman on waivers. Yeah. <laughs> Christian juice. Yep. Or just to lose a defenseman, a good young defenseman for to nothing. lose someone on, for, for nothing on waivers. But yeah. Um, I mean, it's 700 K. Uh, it's two seven hundred and fifty k. I guess the first year is two way. I've actually never seen something like this. The first year is two way. The second year is one way. Yeah, I don't know if it, I've ever seen a deal like that actually, where one of the yeah. years is two way and one of the years is one way. But I, yeah. I mean, that makes me think that he most likely is gonna be in the NHL and they're planning for it. But maybe adding a built in safety net in case he's not this year. Yep, I think that there's gonna be more pressure on them this year to get him into the lineup because of the waiver situation. Mm-hmm. Do you, who do you think ends up playing more games this year? Josh Mahura, Josh Mahura or Jacob Larson? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Oh, <laughs> okay. So the, I think that this, the, the, the usual answer I would give would be Jacob Larson, but I think he has, he has to have played himself <laughs> out of a regular spot. He has to. And I think now they, they could lose Mahura for nothing. 
So I'm going to go Mahura, but I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah, because yeah. I'm 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 playing, I'm I'm playing Dallas Aikens here, which I don't even know what that means. I don't know what's going on in that head. So, yeah. All right. Sorry. Before we get into what, the what's your answer, I'm not answering. Oh, so you think Larson? Basically, I think it's Larson. That's so stupid. It's very stupid. That's but... really stupid. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, not, so not, not your pick, but the, no that decision. Yeah. So before we jump into the the kids signing their ELCs, let's have a little bit of a word from our sponsor. So. You're a busy guy, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play, or wherever your summer takes you. So, Felix... Mac Walden has been a sponsor of the show for a long time now. And you and I have a decent amount of products from them. Yes. And I have to say, I'm never sad when I get stuff from them. It's I'm, always fantastic. Yeah. It's a like, highlight. Well, cause so, I mean, give me a rundown of some of your favorite items. So there's a few, there's a few, I'm not sure where to start, but I'm just going to start with the basics underwear. Their underwear is extremely comfortable. It's amazing. The 18-hour jersey boxer brief has been the one I've been using a lot lately. Um, it's extremely comfortable. I work out in them. I just go about my daily life in them. They have air knit boxer briefs, which are more of the kind of sporty material. So, you know, if you only, even if you only get underwear from this company, which we so dearly appreciate, like you'll already be satisfied. But even just like just basic t-shirts, the Pima crew neck t-shirt. It's one I've been wearing a lot lately, extremely comfortable, kind of fits correct proportions. And it, you know, it's, it's snug in the right places and not so much in, in the others and it's breathable as well. So, you know, for summertime right now in SoCal, it's getting really kind of hot and humid. It's, it's the perfect, it's just the perfect material. Yeah. And, and one of the things I recently got is the, the Maverick tech Chino. And, and so these shorts are really nice. They're kind of that perfect little look of being a little bit thicker. So they're not like a sports short necessarily, but they look really nice and kind of more so in that mold. They also have some nice ace sweat shorts. I mean, they've got board shorts. They've got swim trunks. Like oh, yeah. you said, I, they're I, got, bo- I got the swim trunks. Oh, let, let, let's hear the review. Let's hear the review. I've I actually, actually, I actually have not heard your review of these yet. Yeah. So I got the swim trunks and I'm just pulling up the name to make sure you get it right. But I got the swim trunks. I live by the beach, so I go in the water a lot, and they're extremely comfortable. You don't get, like, sand. Like, for me, that's a problem is I get sand in my swim trunks when I jump in the water. Don't get that at all. And they're a great material. It's really light. And, Jake, you'll love this. They don't they don't go down below the knee, you know? So for us shorter guys, you, you still kind of have that it's important. look. It's important. Going on, yeah. And so, and I have, I got a nice color too. It's kind of like a green tropical look. Did you get the um, board short or the trunk? It's the swim trunk. So when okay. you go to the website, get the swim trunk and get the, let's see, can I get the actual green color? It, it is succulent, succulent frond. Succulent frond. Get the succulent frond color and you will not be disappointed. You'll look Phrasing? fresh like me. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> for, so, and also if you have ultimate lazy Sunday, uh, We've really hyped up the Ace sweatpants so much on the show. They now have a sweat short. Yeah, I I, it, I almost got it. But it and so they wrong. they pair great with the Pima tees, everything along those lines. So Mac Weldon is absolutely fantastic. I really could not uh, t- 
tell you all to get it enough. It, it's so great. And so buy some time this summer with Mack Weldon's daily wear system. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash CTP and enter promo code CTP. That's MacWeldon.com slash CTP, like Crash the Pond, promo code CTP for 20% off Mack Weldon radically efficient wardrobing. Yeah, and even so with the code, there's also discounts going on all the time. So you're saving money and then you have the code as well. So go check them out. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mac Walden. Okay. Let's I really uh, like that radically efficient wardrobing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm it's, I'm just it's, staring at that. It's it's catchy and correct. Yeah. Uh, do you so okay, I think we've covered all the ELC or all the Okay, you okay, you want to talk about ELCs. Yes. Uh, yes. Real quick, want to give a shout out as we're done with this. Uh, saying Lewis X209 resub for 35 months. Ken Pafu resub for 24 months and said Silk for Calder. Uh, our good friend Jess uh, gifted out five subs, I believe. Uh, wow. Thanks, so everybody. thank you so much. Yep. So let's talk entry level contracts. So Mason McTavish, the controversial Ducks first overall pick. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> this past draft. I don't know. It depends who you ask. Depends who you ask. Uh, they got him locked up three years, 925K. Sasha Postyov, who the day before he signed his ELC, made there was an announcement that he was going to spend the season in the OHL as opposed to college hockey, and lo and behold, signs his ELC the yeah. next day. Hmm. Shocker. I guess, I guess that's a sign. So I, And then Olin Zellweger also signed his three-year deal. So pretty standard business here for, yeah, for guys for guys signing their ELC. The only one that was interesting was, like you said, Sasha Postyov. Uh, mainly because he had committed to going to the University of Notre Dame. And for those that don't know, if you're going to college, you cannot sign your ELC. You cannot take any money from the professional club. You have to pay your own way to development camps. You have to do all of that. Yeah, NCAA, and, great, great, yeah. great thing they've got going there. Yeah, and so um, basically, who knows the actual reason why he did it? Because, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to college versus the OHL number of games, various different things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, this allowed pass you off to sign his entry level deal. And as a result, get a 92.5 K signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So pretty nice uh, reason for him to sign there to kind of ha- who knows where he's at financially, but to be able to kind of have that income for a little bit. Well, I think, I think there's just also a case to be made for him to go to the OHL for his development as opposed to college. Correct. Hockey. Well, and I, I like, so here's, I, I think it's important to kind of note the differences between the two, just from what I've always heard is the OHL is always, I think going to be considered a little bit more of the traditional Pro route. Style. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the OHL and the reason why guys can sign uh, or guys can't go to the OHL and then go to college is the OHL is kind of semi-professional in a way, at least the NCAA considers it that. And that's why yeah. no guys can go from the OHL well, to they NCAA. Get, they, get, they get paid a little bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um the OHL plays a more pro style of schedule. They play about 60 to 70 games and you're playing a lot more frequently whereas the NCAA you're playing only about 40 some odd games, I believe. Oh, if that, yeah. But and, and you play once or twice a week? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's twice a weekend is how much you but play. But it's but it's more of a development type path because and, you have a lot more time in practice, wait Correct. Room, and you you're playing and, and here's the big difference that a lot of people say, college hockey if you're going there 18, you're the youngest guy on the team and the oldest guys are 22 to 23 years old. Whereas in junior hockey, if you're going there at 18, you're one of the older guys on the team. You're kind of more so in that top role in that top situation. So I think for Pastyov, I, I think part of the reason why it made sense for him to go to the OHL is that 
everyone did not play a lot this last year. And so I think for him to be able to go to a league that is going to play more games, he'll get more playing time. And I think the biggest thing is he can probably slot into a top-line role, top power play minutes, as compared to at the University of Notre Dame. Now I don't necessarily know um, how the University of Notre Dame is set up, but most likely freshmen, unless they're like top-end, top-end picks – they don't get the top play, uh, top pair or top line minutes, top power play role, anything like that. So this puts them in a much better spot to be able to get a great development path right away. And especially for the type of player that he is, being an offensive player, I think that this puts him in a better role. Yeah, it will be interesting because there are flaws in his game that he has to work out, the skating, the, the two-way game. And I'm just going to be curious how that, that kind of really heavy schedule is going to how if that's going to be conducive to him working that out. I mean, I think it will be because I think he's just going to be good and it won't matter a ton. Ultimately, I think a lot of teams are going to not look great for letting him slide to the third round. But yeah, Yeah. that was was kind of interesting. And I think either way, like there's not really a bad option in there for him. And and, uh, do you think, well, I guess people are going to ask about this. So I was going to ask about McTavish playing next year, but I I think we have some questions that touch on that. Yeah, we do. So let's get into some questions. So let's start with uh, Twitter. So for anyone in the Twitch chat, we'll get to you maybe like 10 minutes or so. Got a couple Twitter questions, one text question from a friend of ours. uh, And then we'll get to... Yeah. Wow. Tony. Tony. Wow. Texted me. Different. I know. Uh, Sean Seable asks, what are the Ducks missing from their prospect pool? And who will be the Ducks' best Ducks player from the 2021 draft? Ooh. So, okay. I'm sorry to be a nitpick, but... Is that does that mean the 2021 draft or the 2020 20 slash it's meant to Both. be this last draft. Okay, this last draft. Okay. As in the 2020 2021 season. Okay. Okay. Um so I think what are they, <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. Now now I'm second guessing. Let's do <laughs> let's do mix. Let's just do the 21 draft. Yeah, let's let's stick with that. So I think what are they really missing at this point? They've got I mean left, maybe left hand high end left hand D they've kind of got everything. I mean, you could, that's where you're at right now is like handedness and yeah. what side they play because they have almost everything you've got. I mean, I don't know if Zegers counts as a prospect still, but he, he's kind of still in the up. I mean, he was in Scott Wheeler's prospect ranking. So, yeah. So I mean, they've got the high end offensive talent and Zegers. Now they've got Mason McTavish is kind of more of your two way score. They've got Jamie Drysdale on the back end. Olin Zellweger is coming in to really be a nice addition to the blue line. Bogru, he's a guy who's coming up as maybe more of a of a shutdown type. I think you can still put Lindstrom as a as a prospect. Yeah, he's twenty one. He's, he, he's way further down. Jacob Perot obviously is, I think, going to be a great you know a, a great score at the NHL level. Yeah. So you kind of have. I mean, it really, it's just volume. I think like like what the Kings are showing is that you want as many of these lottery tickets as possible. And then of course they've got Lucas Dostal in net. So what are they missing? I don't. I think they just need to keep at it. Get more guys. More. More well, you guys. need more to be able to go out and get guys and trade Cause, for cause guys. Because that's the thing. Like, you can't just sit here and say, oh, well, because they have a guy at every position, now they're done. Now they're done rebuilding. No, the, the way this works is you can't just bank on the, the, on the hope that all of those guys are going to pan out because probably they're not all going to, even if we're really confident in them. So you need to go out and keep accumulating prospects trade veterans for prospects and continue to draft high, which means another season at the bottom of the standings. Yep. And then who will be the best sex player from the 21 draft? 
so I'm really I knew this to... I I knew this would set you up for a, a hot take really does it yeah. I think I, I think the, it's the smart money is Mason McTavish but I would not be shocked if it was Sasha Postyov. There, there's the hot take it's <laughs> gonna it's it, a hot take it's gonna be McTavish Actually, you know what? You know what? McTavish has the highest voice. It could be Zellweger. Yeah. It, honestly, I, I think McTavish is the most likely. But I think all of them are really good, good prospects. You can like to get th- to get those, those three. All three of those guys should have been first rounders. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing from this, and that's why you and I are so high on this draft that the Ducks just had. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I just love Pasyov because he has the really high offensive ceiling, and if he can just work out the other parts of his game, like he's going to be a, a you know top six forward. Whereas McTavish, I think he's got a high floor. I think that he projects as a as a top two center, but if the offense doesn't totally translate, he becomes maybe more of a third line guy. So. But either yeah. way, like there's a great case for for any of these guys, Zell Weger included. Yeah, Peter Witherow asks, "What's your prediction on Zegras's point total for this year?" And then there's a couple more. So let, let's quick hitting prediction for Zegras's point total this year, assuming he plays all 82. Oh boy, I'm gonna go 60. I'm gonna go 65. Okay. Uh, who's the sacrificial lamb for, or who's the sacrificial lamb for when we're at the bottom of the division? Akins can be included. Uh, Trevor Zegers' ice time. I think it's Dallas Akins as a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, he's got to go. And there's, you know, we've talked about it plenty, but there's all these new coaches around him just waiting to to take the mantle. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's Dallas Akins. Do the Ducks score even less than their total from last season? <laughs> well, I'm assuming that means like we're, we're, we're taking that as like a rate because. No, I think he's saying total. <laughs> Do, do are they going to score less goals in an 82 game season yeah, than they did? I think a- that is the actual question. <laughs> you know, I can really tell that Peter has a lot of confidence in this group. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, no, they're going to score more, but okay. it, it's going to be like embarrassingly not that much more. And he said, "Sorry, one more. If you were in charge of Ducks PR team, what would you do? What changes would you make? How would you sell this franchise in its current state?" I mean, I've got the easy answer for you. Let's hear it. Go back to the Mighty Ducks logo. Okay, but is that a PR thing? Yes. Okay. okay. It's one hundred percent a PR okay. thing because it's it, it's bringing in fans, it's bringing in eyeballs because of the fact okay. that you're going to this like this logo that's beloved by people, and it can make people basically forget how awful the product on the ice is. Well, yeah. So I mean, that was what I was going to say, but I wasn't sure if that would qualify as PR. But yeah, go back to the nostalgia. Like the nostalgia can get you through these next couple of years here, just on its own. And I would say, yeah, definitely. Like, I think some of what they did at the end of last year with the on the road documentaries, kind of showing some of the behind the scenes, that was good. Keep doing that. And like the the videos that they did on the you know the night where was it Jamie Drysdale got his first goal. Yeah, Jamie Drysdale and Zegers got their first goal. Yeah, the locker room. Like that was cool. Just just do stuff like that, and then you know branding definitely a facelift branding wise, and just keep. Just turn these young guys into stars. Just make them the focal point of all the marketing, and I and like let them show their personalities. Like the the interview that they did last last week with Jones and Contois, I thought it was I thought it was good. Just the two guys talking about their deals and you know nothing, kind of being a little more casual. Like that's that's the stuff they need to continue to do. Just yep, 
let these guys, you know, let their personalities come out a little bit. Agreed. Dalton Keys asks, out of McTavish, Perot, and Gru, who plays the most NHL games and who plays the least, if any, next season? Oh, next season. <laughs> I thought he was going to mean for nah. their careers. Nah. Um, oh, man. I think that's kind of a tough one. I would probably bet on Gru, but I don't think he's going to play a ton. I think that they probably want McTavish to go back and pick up some experience in the OHL. Perot, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Perot, but I he probably goes to the AHL. Yeah, and I think Gru, he's eligible because of last year. I think Gru's in a tough spot because he's there's a, they have all these centers. They have but, so much depth at center, but all it takes is a an injury a or a trade or a trade, and I and I think he's probably next in line. So uh, go most games to least games out of those three. I'm going to go Gru one. I don't feel great about it, but Gru one, Perot two, and then McTavish three. Agreed. Yeah. Hockey Rush says, I've heard some rumors of Henrique to Ottawa and Fowler traded to the Islanders from some hockey people. This is what Hockey Rush is saying, not us. I have, And he's asking, have we heard anything? No, I have not. The deal that I think, and not saying I've heard anything about this, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up, I've mentioned this past, Henrique to the Islanders would make so much sense. Yeah, I mean, the Ducks making any trades would make sense, but... Hi, Salem. We've, we've talked about this. Um, hold on. Yeah, so, I mean, to those rumors, Henrik to Ottawa, I I haven't heard any of that. You know, we're not really insiders. Uh, no. In case it wasn't obvious, but I don't see, I don't believe any rumor involving Fowler. I just think Fourteen, no trade. He, yeah, just that alone, the contract, it's just, it's way too much. He would have to want out for that to yeah. happen. And Z13 Duck says, think they move any of Henrique's, Raquel Silverberg, or Manson before the season? <laughs> At this well, point, no. I think, yeah, I think no is actually like the safe bet because it, it, like, you just, you would think that if they wanted that to happen, if they truly wanted that to happen, they would have made it happen by now. And so yeah. they're just going to go in, same lip service, same line, and we're just going to have to. We're just going to have to watch the same team again, Jake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Tony asked us, our good friend Tony, who's helped write for the site, said, who would you rather have the Ducks offer sheet and why? Pedersen or Svechnikov? Won't happen, Ooh. but humor us, please. We are okay. bored. Okay. Uh, I mean, without looking at any stats. Yeah, just shoot from the hip. I'm going to say Elias Pedersen. Like, is, gonna... it even a, is it even a debate? I'm going to say Elias Pedersen. Here's the issue for the Ducks. You, they should not do that because they would need to pay him enough where they would have to give four first round picks. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not worth it. But you also get twenty two year old Elias Pettersson, who's already one of the best players in the league. Yeah, so. but is he going to make the Ducks not dog shit next year? He's going to make them a lot better. I mean, look what he's doing to the Canucks, just dragging that. That's that true, roster. and they do have enough in the system where they might be okay. Yeah. I mean, Pedersen. Now I'm Zegers, talking myself into this. Pedersen Zegers down the middle. You're not signing up for that. Now I'm talking myself into this. <laughs> I think people still don't really understand how dangerously good Elias Pedersen is. No, he's insanely good. Yeah. Now, like, now, now I've talked myself into this. Like Let's the do only it. reason, like, like he had a shooting nosedive last season, but he was still very good offensively. So yeah. All right. So let's. So now it's time for Twitch. So for those of you watching on YouTube. 
yes, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash Crash the Pond or your favorite podcast services. We do a live stream of the show each and every time at twitch.tv slash Crash Pond where you can help support the show. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month. You do have to hit that uh, subscribe button after 30 days, and it does help support the show. So let's get to these questions. So Tristan Miss says, when do the Ducks get a good D prospect outside of Drysdale in the upcoming draft or drafts? I think they have some good prospects, actually, uh, D prospects right now that just kind of don't get talked about necessarily in, like, Thrun and and maybe, like, because they're college players, Lacombe. Yeah, Yeah. like, they've got some good players. The the issue is the high end of the next couple drafts are not going to be D-men. Yeah, and, I mean, they they could have had a D-man this year. At third overall, they're like they. This was the this was the draft to go and get a defenseman because there was. I'm fine with them taking McTavish because they took oh, Drysdale. They took Drysdale in the draft where they should have taken a, a forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Now you're just making me mad again. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So I, I think that they they went out and got Zellweger, which was important. And like Jake was saying, they have other kind of lower key guys. The guys that Bob Murray just rubbed in the media's face, saying guys that you got you guys haven't even heard about yet which I'm assuming has to be Thrun, Lacombe, and, and more. Yeah, they have those guys. So I'm actually not that low on their deep pool. Yeah, 100% agreed. All right. There's going to be some of these coming up in the these questions, so you just got to have to deal with this. But uh, NJ Devils fan 68 says, what will be the biggest news coming out of the wrestling from this week slash weekend? You know what? Even though, Felix, SummerSlam's this upcoming weekend, it's going to be completely overshadowed by AEW Rampage on Friday when CM Punk debuts. That's going to be the talk of the weekend. That's going to dominate the headlines. That's going to be where it's at. CM Punk coming back to wrestling, making his debut in Chicago. AEW has sold out the United Center. Okay. Like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, and he also added an actual hockey question. How long will Aikens last this, se- uh, this coming season? I mean... I- he makes it through the whole season. There, I said it. Wow. I did not yeah. expect that. All right. Another wrestling question for me. Like I said, this is a big week for wrestling. We've got some wrestling fans on our Twitch chat. You're welcome, Felix. Uh, hey, Odiflo said, who wins the fifth labor of Jericho? MJF or Jericho? I think Jericho goes over because I thought this was going to set up the final. Or this was going to be at all out. And so I think Jericho wins, forcing MJF to want a rematch at all out. And so I think that's why Jericho ends up going over. Um, it's going to be a really cool scene. It seems like they're trying to really set up the crowd to seeing Judas, um, with the fact that Jericho can't have it. So, um, going to be a really fun match. Um, speaking of Wednesday nights, by the way, Lewis says they should have wear the wild wing on Wednesdays. Yeah. WWW. Just go for it. Do something fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ginger wolf said, I don't, uh, I don't hear about Galimov anymore. Has the excitement died? What excitement? Who are these people that are like, just, you know, parading down the street about Artyom Galimov. I mean, all due respect, but the guy, what, what was it? His last draft, like that was the last draft he was eligible to be drafted in. Yeah. And he got taken in the sixth round or fifth round. No, like there was like, never he, any He hype. was a good like shot at the dartboard, but yeah. There was never any hype. And like, I actually didn't. Like, I thought it was a good pick. Well, I'm also confused. Like when did the hype, if there was any die, like, like I, I didn't suddenly become out on him as a prospect. Yeah, so. I well, I think the issue is the KHL has been done for a long time. Yeah, I think that so. I I think it's just been a long off season for the KHL. 
Yeah. I mean, but- he put up 16 points in 41 games this past year. Like, that's not insanely great in the KHL. Well, it is No, for the KHL, like, guys don't put up a ton of points. But, yeah, he's also, I mean... I don't know. He's I, 21. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get into this. Just not. Okay. Uh, Lewis X209 said, thoughts on Ricard Raquel, noted saxophone player. Did you see this video? Oh, I heard about it. So you didn't see it? I heard about it, but I didn't see it. It no. was impressive. It was impressive. I'll leave it at that. You know, it's way more than I could do musically. DB Lowry 3507 said, is the NHL going back to the Olympics this year? We don't know yet. <laughs> They're talking about it, but we don't know yet. That still is not confirmed, shockingly. Shocking yeah. that the NHL just can't get anything well, done. And what's funny is a lot of people were like saying, like, well, they've built in the two-week break and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, that's just going to like replace the bye weeks. Yeah. D- did well, everyone forget that the bye weeks were a thing? Yeah. Well, it's it's a shock that the two most incompetent bodies in the world, the IOC and the NHL, can't get anything done. I'm really, yeah. I'm really flabbergasted there. All right. M. Young said, seeing as Jones, Nurse, and Hamilton all got huge 9 mil contracts for 7 plus year, does that scare you for Lindholm's upcoming contract? And what do you think uh, his contract will be if he's re-signed? So if he's re-signed, then that means that he, I'm assuming, doesn't go to the open market. So maybe the Ducks get a little bit of a discount, but I think he's going to get into 7. Well, n- nurse, nurse didn't go to the open market either. Yeah, so I think he's he's going to get to seven for sure. Um, eight, maybe? Like, it's going to be a wacky contract. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he doesn't necessarily have the numbers and he doesn't, uh, but offensively, what, but he and, and he does have the injury history, so... For him, for him the comp is Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah, like, that that's like, a good comp. And Vlasic's been paid a, a lot. Yeah, he's been paid a shit ton. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Um, I think that that like that was probably always the comp that he was going to make, and now with this wacky, I mean, yeah, Mark Edward Vlasic got eight by seven. Like, pencil it in that, lock it in that Lindholm's getting at least that. Yeah, and like AV. I love Hamas Lindholm. That contract's not going to. You do age. not want to sign that. That's why no. the Ducks have to trade him. Yeah, and there's no way. That's the frustrating thing is I doubt they're going to trade him. So you do you think that they're going to let him walk? No, I think they extend him. I think they give him that deal. You know, it wouldn't be so devastating because I think that Hampton Holmes a decent player, but it just doesn't make sense for this. One thing team. I do want to mention, I haven't said this yet. The Ducks are projected to be about 12 million cap space this upcoming season. Uh-huh. And so they do have a lot to work with there, and they will have even more money coming off the books. I'm really curious to see what they do there. Um they could maybe bring on some money, bad money if they want. Who knows if they actually do? Just a thought. Yeah. Um, let's end with this question because it's kind of the last one I'm seeing in the Twitch chat. Obviously, throw any more in if you got them. But we're a l- little bit over the hour mark, so perfect timing. NJ Devils fan said, should the Ducks offer sheet Yamamoto? And here's an issue, Felix. The Ducks can only give three different tiers of offer sheets. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, yeah, three different ones. They can give guys uh, in the 1 to 1.356 where they give up no compensation. They can give guys in the 2 mil to 4.1 mil range where it's one second round pick. And they can give uh, an offer sheet for 10.3 mil or more. They cannot give any other offer sheet in between because they don't own their picks. Mm -hmm. So does Kyler Yamamoto get more than 4.1? He really shouldn't. 
But if you were to get him in an offer sheet. Yeah. Well, that sounds like that's the only way. Yeah. So, so that takes them out of the the uh, the point. I mean, of he's it. a oh. fine player, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't make Lewis sense. Lewis X two hundred nine asks, "Will the Ducks stand Pat Felix Discord emoji?" By the way, our Discord we now have custom emojis. I haven't been in Discord in a while. I need yeah, to there, there. there's now emojis of your face that people use. I love that there's an emoji of my face, even though I don't go in. Like that's yeah, people. I think that's a sign. People right? like making fun of you. Yeah, what is it about me anyway? Um, what was the question? Something about the opera sheet. No, no. Will the duck stand question. Pat? Yes. Oh, wait. Wasn't I joking about that once? <laughs> You've joked yes. about that so yes. much. That's where the joke that. came from. Okay. All right. Two more. Let's end with, let, let's go with these, these two final ones. Uh, Tristan Miss said, what player that is eligible, uh, keeps getting snuffed from the hockey all fame year after year. Um, that, uh, or who is a player that keeps getting snubbed from the hockey hall of fame? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't. know if I care. <laughs> yeah, Oops. I don't really know either. I was hoping you would have an opinion there. Well, like Geek Carbono got in. He was the one I was ho- hoping for. So I was throwing that to you. Uh, M Young. Okay, we got two more. All right, no more questions after these next two. Uh, neither one of them is partially Ducks related. One of them is not. M Young said, "Question for Jake. Congrats on the uh, big first Spurs win. But what's your take on what's going on with Harry Kane? Is he trying to leave? Yeah, he's trying to force his way out." But Tottenham doesn't want to sell him for less than 150 mil. And so he has a contract for four or five years, and they're staying to, uh, true to it and saying, we're going to sell you for the amount that we want. And if we don't get that from City, then you're staying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really that simple. I mean, for me, honestly, I don't really care. I, there's a lot of Spurs fans out there that are pissed about it with him not showing up for training. It's like he's been with the club for seven, eight years, been with the club for actually longer senior team for seven or eight years, been at the club since he was a kid. If he genuinely wants out after what they did to him with Mourinho and everything, I, I get it. I'd love for him to stay, be a one club legend, but I get it why he thinks he would need to leave. So I don't hate it. My thing is if he's going to get sold, uh, they should just do it sooner than later, get the money, invest it in a new player that is 20, 21 years old. If Erling Holland's available from Dortmund, go buy him. I agree. So, yeah. Uh, DB Lowry 3507 said, who has the better future, the Ducks or the U.S. men's national team? The For, for which sport? Soccer. USMNT means soccer. Water polo? Um, well, I don't really know how bright their future is, but I think the Ducks have a decently bright future, so this could be a close one. I'm going to go with the men's national team. Wow. Just just tell me you hate the Ducks. Just say I'm it. not, but the men's national team has a lot of guys young. The men's national team has guys the same age as Max Jones and Sam Steele playing at Juventus that are playing good. at playing at Barcelona. Oops. Oops. Playing at Dortmund, younger yeah. than them playing at Dortmund, playing at Chelsea. Well, the thing with the Ducks is what we were talking about earlier is that they have the key pieces the key piece really with Zegris, but they still need more guys. Like it's still, there's still a lot of bricks that they need to lay down for their system. Yeah. And by the way, I'm young saying there's no way city can get them now that they've signed Grealish for hundred ten mil. Never put any, yeah. like it, it's man city. They have all the money in the world. They'll find a way to make it work even with financial fair play. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. That's a thing in, in European club football. Well, do you know what it is? Right. Well, it just sounds funny because... Do you know you what s- it actually means, though? 
No, I don't know what it specifically means. What it means is basically you cannot spend more on your team than you earn in revenue. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And huh. so the issue that happens is a lot of, I think Man City got charged with this and then it got rescinded because it's it's UEFA and FIFA. They just bought someone out. Qu- quote me if I'm wrong, but essentially they were like funneling money into a sponsor or something like that to pay more to them so they could claim it well, as money well, in. That's why I love hearing lines like that because it's like you know that nothing they're doing is actually no above not board. especially PSG and City. Oh yeah, P- I read this article actually about the whole Messi situation because it's fascinating and yeah they there's no way some rules weren't broken to make all that happen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So, want to wrap this thing up? I mean, I I I think I do. I'm enjoying okay. this, but if you if you want to end it so badly, then well, I'll Well, we should I'll end it before. so I can then beat you at FIFA. <laughs> wow, that's a big time assumption. Okay, let's get out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. As Jake mentioned off the top, we are going to be taking a 3-week break. And let me tell you, that has to be, I think, our longest break in I don't know how long. We should say that we do need to do two Patreon episodes over that time. So yeah, patrons, so, you'll hear from us. So if you're yeah, if you're a patron, you'll you'll get the you'll get the content, but for the regular show, taking a pretty substantial break. So if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been enjoying what we do here, there are a few different ways to support us to help us keep this thing going. And I talked about it right now, so I might as well just get into it. Patreon. Patreon.com slash crash the pond. Three tiers of support. One dollar a month, you get access to our patrons only Discord chat, which is a lot of fun. When there's breaking news or during the season, we get in there and it's a really fun place. Diehard fans, everyone's just trying to have a good time. Doesn't have that usual internet toxicity. So that's for one dollar a month. Five dollars a month, you get access to two bonus episodes. We go more in depth on the ducks. We do league wide rankings. We sometimes go completely off the board it, it really just depends on if there's a new marvel show out or a new star wars show or whatever so that's for five dollars and during the season for fifteen dollars a month we have two live streams where we do live streams of ducks games where we give you commentary so if you're sick and tired of the usual commentators well let us let us guide you through the experience so that's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond and salem is making an appearance salem the black cat oh she's looking at the camera Oh, you finally got the, someone. Someone needs to screenshot that. I'm going to go back and screenshot it. That's that's actually adorable. Dang, I'm, 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 I'm melting a little bit. <laughs> and there she goes. OK, um, yeah. Stream the FIFA game is what M. Young is saying. And I agree. Uh, uh, what, what else is I saying? OK, yeah. And but if you don't want to spend any money monthly, that's totally fine. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and a review there. We'll read it on the show. We are on Spotify and we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. Jake will post the uh, actual live stream of the show to YouTube. So you can see uh, the graphics that we post. You can see Salem, the black cat. That's really all that matters, to be honest with you. Um, and that's at youtube.com slash crash the pond. Outside of that, you can check out our website, crashthepond.com. There's crashthepond.com slash shop where you can get some cool t-shirts with our logo, hoodies even. Although I think right now the t-shirts are probably the more popular option. And uh, check us out on Twitter at crashthepond. Jake is on Twitter at reindeergames91. And I am on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. That's going to do it for us for the next little bit. 
next time we talk to you, it's going to be, let's see here. When's the next podcast, Jake? It's going to be the 6th of September. Does that sound uh, correct? Or is it three weeks off? Three weeks off. Okay, so it's going to be September 13th. Yes. Tentatively. September, September thir- not tentatively. Okay, scheduled. So, scheduled. So for everyone that's listening, if you made it this far, get it on your calendar. September 13th, we'll be back. And I'm assuming by that point, we'll have stuff to talk about. Hopefully, that's the plan. Like, we're trying to give Bob Murray and co. as much runway here to get something done. We scheduled these out specifically with the, like, assumption that there might be some news. And, yeah, you know? so it's looking like a good move to maybe take a little time off because... You know, there's not a whole lot going on. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you're having a good end of summer. Summer's winding down, although I think personally September counts as summer. September 22nd is the end of summer. People disagree with me on that, but... You know, it legitimately this, ends in September. Well, I know, but I'm just saying people are like, oh, well, the days are getting shorter, so it's not really summer. It's like, no, it's still hot. It's very, very hot still. Yeah, as I'm sweating so, right now. Yeah, I am very much sweating. So anyway, thank you, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Bye!